0: Chapter 3 Thor spent a portion of each day with the five guardian dragons. A few people noticed Thor, sitting there with the dragons, silent as a butterfly. They would ask him when they saw him leave, but he never left before them, or he slipped out unnoticed. Have they said anything yet, kid? Or a variation of the same question. Thor could not make time for these silly questions. If he did, he would need to spend all his time repeating what they said, and that would slow their progress down. Thor was teaching the dragons to speak, not out loud, but mind to mind. He thought it incredible that five of the dragons were miles away, yet they could hear Thor speak in their minds. Thor had no idea the five dragons in front of him acted as amplifiers. Moments before his meeting, Thor sat in a chair listening to the meeting the elders were involved with. Much discussion involved the dragons. Thor could hear all kinds of emotion in the words of the elders. Fear, excitement, a little rage, caution, curiosity. The elders sounded confused. This made Thor smile. He was confident in his decision to apply for the ambassadorship for the dragons. The counselor needed someone to help them solve some of the issues. Young man, Thor looked up at the lady holding the door open for him to enter. Would you please join us in the council chambers? Thor rose with the confidence he had been gaining. Walked through the door, the lady held open, and looked at the counselors. He knew them all. He reviewed the list of counselors earlier and memorized the literature on all seven people. If they asked, he could tell them their favorite pair of socks. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for allowing me to speak with you on a very important issue. One that concerns every inhabitant of the settlement. Thor's confident demeanor caught all the counselors' attention. They corrected their posture hoping it would aid in seeing this extraordinary young man speaking to them. He had to stand in front of the speaker's podium, otherwise they would not be able to see him at all. The woman sitting in the centre with three people to each side glanced both ways and saw the same expression on each of her fellow counsellors, then looked back at Thor. Well, young man, you have our complete attention. How can we help you? Well, I'm here to help you. I would like to apply for the ambassadorship to our new friends. This is not a closed meeting. Half the population sat behind Thor, and only half because the other half worked while they listened, if possible. Murmurs raced through the people, starting much like a whisper and concluding with a loud hum. Nobody dared raise the Noise level past yellow. The light shone brightly on the wall behind the council table. Three green and two yellow. One more yellow and the noise level would reach into the red, at which time the chamber would be emptied and the people would be forced to listen to speakers in their living quarters. The woman smiled brightly. She thought Thor was adorable. He had the confidence of a man in his 30s, yet the paper lying in front of her said he was 10 years old. It also listed everything you would need to know if you were hiring him for a job. She paused her speech for a moment while she read quickly through the paper in front of her. All the counselors had their head lowered, reading the papers presented to them when Thor entered the room. Is this your resume, Thor? The lady said with hesitation in her voice. Thor just nodded his head. The lady composed herself, took a deep breath and said, are you qualified to do this job? Have you had any experience in this profession? Do you think you could help us with with our new friends? Her voice sounded as if she doubted the dragons to be friends. I'm currently unemployed. I have completed my learning skills and I can't work in the regular trades for another four years, so I thought my time would be best spent helping the settlement deal with the idea that dragons are alive, on earth, in our settlement, and willing to help us rebuild the environment so we can live more comfortable outside where we belong. Every mouth of every person listening to Thor's speech was hanging open, including every counselor. After a few moments of to compose herself. Yet again, the lady looked at Thor, opened her mouth, paused, then closed it again. Several seconds passed before she could think of a reply. So Thor spoke again. I have the consent of our friends. In fact, it was their idea. With that comment, the chamber noise level rose quickly into the red. A sharp buzz pierced the ears of everyone behind Thor. And the room fell silent. The lead counselor found her voice. Thor, do you understand your request? And how is it you know of their consent? They asked me, Thor said. He knew he was toying with the lady now. He knew she would ask one question at a time until she understood what was happening. If Thor wanted to spend the entire meeting coming to the logical outcome he expected, He could continue toying with her. Instead, he spoke again. My friends asked me to be ambassador and to speak on their behalf when required. They can hear and understand us, but their outer vocals are not developed well enough to communicate verbally yet. Ellie also wishes to speak to the people of the settlement with your permission first. Stunned silence hung in the room. Ellie Eliosa, the woman requested. Yes, the first dragon to walk out of the confinement chamber. They have appointed her queen and she speaks for all dragons, Thor stated matter of factly. The woman glanced both ways, meeting the eyes of every counselor at the table. They all nodded affirmation. The lady leaned closer to the microphone and paused while she cleared her throat. Thor, if Eliosa wishes to address this chamber, would she care to enter? We would like to speak with her. We have many questions for her. After a moment, a voice sounded. I am terribly sorry I was not able to attend this meeting. Will you accept my apologies? People looked around at each other. They all heard the voice, but it didn't come from the speakers. The voice was in their heads. This is only possible for a short period of time. A great deal of energy is required by all of us to perform this communication. Thor could hear Eliosa speak, while he turned to look at the stunned audience, a smile radiant on his face. The lady, quick to reply, said, do we call you your majesty, your highness? Do you prefer a title? Thor smiled at the idea. Such a small-minded remark. I am titled queen by my fellow dragons, a word adopted by us from your vocabulary. We do not wish to be your rulers. We only wish to be your friends, to live in harmony with each other and with nature. A collective sigh ran through the room. It was obviously a concern on many minds around the colony. We wish to have a voice in your community, not a vote. The voice would be the man in front of you, Thor. Will you accept him as our representative? Someone to answer our questions with our answers. My time is spent. Very sorry. I need to... Eliosa's voice trailed off. The silence in the chamber was deafening. Thor wondered if people were still breathing. Eliosa... Eliosa? The lady repeated her request. I think we lost her. Her ability to communicate over long distance is very taxing. Thor spoke into the microphone, breaking off the repeated query. The counselor asked to speak to Thor's parents for their opinion on the application. At last, after several more questions by various people, the job was given to Thor. For some reason, the crowd behind Thor rose to their feet clapping and cheering, sending the noise meter directly into the red. Now Thor could get busy. There was much to do. A safer location needed to be found for the eggs in the nest stone. Well, there you have it. That's what I remember of the beginning, the man said in an exhausted voice. There must be more, one child said in a pleading voice for the chorus of agreements to follow from the other children. Well, of course there's more, but bedtime stories need to be short or continued the next night. The man's voice trailed off as he studied the faces of the children. Good night, children, the man said with a smile. I will tell you more the next time I visit, I promise. The man stood up, stared into the eyes of all the children one at a time as he said goodnight. He could see the yawns forming on many of the little faces. At the last boy the man paused, stared into his eyes for just a moment longer than the others. Goodnight young man. The man found what he came to find, a boy with the same gift he was given. He made his way through the corridors, up the many stairs to the surface entrance and out to the cool night air. He could remember standing in this doorway. It seemed like a few lifetimes ago. A smile crossed his lips and he murmured to himself. It was a few lifetimes ago. The man turned around, looked into the bright lit building and remembered the night he met his friend in that same doorway. The little boy was too young to be challenged with his future yet. He thought about his challenge at the age of 10. He remembered all the hardships that heaped upon him in the years he spent as ambassador to the dragons. He had no regret, but he wanted the boy to be a boy for just a few more years. Thor would go for a walk and visit his friends. He glanced from left to right, pausing to decide which direction he would walk, which was silly on his part because he always turned left in moments like this. The man, robed in black like an elder, drew his left foot out and disappeared into the darkness. Nobody noticed him standing there, nobody noticed him walk away, and nobody ever did. Even the children would forget about him by morning, and the story would dance in their heads like a fairy tale, and that too would fade, or so he thought. Thor was considered a nomad by the people of the settlement, and many other settlements. He was remembered like an old friend when he appeared at their gate or doorstep. He was just called my old friend. Most people too embarrassed to admit they could not remember his name. When it was time to leave, it was just as easy. Sometimes with a wave, Thor would always look both ways then allow his feet to decide which direction he was to go. The people did not know why he showed up or they had no reason to care. Thor was looking for someone and on this visit he found who he was looking for. In his story to the children he spoke of a calm beautiful song. The song was dragon song, used by the dragons to calm animals they meant to consume. The dragons never used the song on mankind before. In their memories man never had the emotional awareness that his people possessed. It was one of many mysteries the dragons would have to solve as they discovered their new world. But the boy, standing in the doorway, Aliosa knew he was set apart from all the rest. Her song instructed the people to relax, step away from the dragons, and remain calm. The young boy did none of that he stood in her way with a puzzled look on his face. When the dragon stopped directly in front of him, he showed no fear. Indeed, he was more excited and happy to see them than any other emotion she could sense. This is the reaction she would expect from the beginning. It was what man acted like before the long sleep. Over many years, each dragon found a man or woman, boy or girl, that showed similar qualities and adopted them as friends. Only 10 people understood the honor of being called friend to a dragon. Each person was gifted with dragon sight, the ability to see the thoughts and feelings of people in close proximity to them. They could also summon any one of the dragons simply by calling out their name in the right tone and thought. The dragons could see through the eyes of the gifted by simply asking for permission to view. These ten people roamed around the land, occupied by the dragons, and kept the dragons aware of the heartbeat of the land. Thor mainly stayed in Elios's region, but he was free to wander out to visit other regions and visit all ten dragons and their friends. Thor was the first of the friends and by far the oldest. Everyone admired him and what he accomplished as ambassador in the early days of the Awakening. The dragons also honored their friends with wisdom, tearing down the barriers in the mind and allowing the mind to use much more of its potential. With that same gift, the friends knew how to live properly and that gave them an extraordinarily long life. When Thor visited the settlement to check on his young friends again, he would be nearing the age of 184 years old. Thor felt and looked like a man in his early thirties. Yes, of course, the building and the doorway he walked through was not the same material, but it sat in the exact same location. The building is now a polymer coated salt crystal structure developed in an effort to clean the salts from the soil of, of a much polluted world. Dragons have shared many secrets of metallurgy and chemistry with man since the awakening. Building with a byproduct of life like salt and plastic was easy to master. The plastic protects the crystals from the rain and the salt creates a barrier, strong enough to withstand any force nature can throw at it. With the right conditions and the chemistry provided by the dragons, Man has mastered the art of crystal growth. A large dome stood where the metal-clad building once stood. Dragons have also given their friends the gift of insight into the past. The way life was before the long sleep, when Earth was the Garden of Eden, and the goal to return mankind to their original occupation, stewards of the Earth. With these simple gifts comes increased strength, endurance and plenty of time to get from one location to another. The friends walked or bartered for rides from traveling product brokers and tradesmen. Sometimes when their travel brought them close enough, a visit was arranged. When Thor walked some distance away, he turned to look back in the direction of the settlement where he grew up. He allowed his mind to wander through the many years since he was a boy. Never could he have walked this far away from the safety of the cave. Thor would not see the young man with those special eyes again for several years. When he was a teenager, perhaps, he would return and check on the boy's progress. As he turned to continue walking, his eyes caught the edge line of the ravine off to the right. A deep crack formed as the world rumbled from time to time. He could see the cut lines on the horizon that served an old society that needed access to every part of the land by vehicle, overgrown but still visible. Chapter 4 It is early morning. Most of the people have made their way outside to do the many chores required to grow enough food for 2,000 people. The underground cave only holds about 1,000, but that many people have migrated into nearby land and built homes expanding the community. Some have become traders, finding markets and items to barter for the crops and livestock people have accumulated since the dragons started to repair the environment. Nearly last of the workers to leave the building are four young people around the age of 12. Their volunteer work detail requires them to spend time in the gardens, picking berries, weeding, and loading any food ready to be brought into the shelter. Among the four youngsters is Tyler. Tyler stops at the entrance, stands there for a moment and rolls his head around to look back into the building. He has done this so many times, the other three just simply keep walking. Tyler will catch up. The four kids are a pack, rarely seen apart. When one is seen apart from the others, people look with puzzled eyes wondering how far the missing member may be. Today is no case to wonder. Tyler is only 15 meters behind and gaining ground. The gang is heading to the East Side Gardens. They are smart enough to be allowed out for half days to work with the adults and the other half day is spent in education class. Even at half days the group will have completed their education at 16 and will have two years head start in the workforce. In this new society the Dragons have helped create. Everyone aspires to be a contributor to the community. Improvement to the community and the environment is the goal of every single person within the settlement area. This gang is not heading out to look for mischief. They take their work time very serious. Not competitive, just eager to contribute to the community. Pass it forward is a foundation stone rule for good conduct. The group or gang like they want to be called is comprised of two boys and two girls, lifelong friends from way back when they spent nights in the nursery together because their parents all had to had to take turns working evenings and night shifts in a rotation. Rory and Carly, identical twins born minutes apart, finished each other's sentences and acted like twins usually do. Cassie, the third member of the gang, loved working outside She was so grateful not to be born 200 years earlier when the sun shining on your skin meant you would get sick and die very young, poisoned by radiation. The sun was still dangerous, but nobody went beyond the big door without proper clothing and gold screen on any exposed skin. Then there was Tyler, only two meters behind and jogging to catch up. The four strolled along the path towards the gardens, a shadow passed over them and caught their attention. They all looked up in unison. Which one is it? Rory exclaimed, using his hand to shield his eyes to gain a better look. Not sure, but it's too small to be Eleosa, Cassie declared. It's an exciting time to be alive. I heard two more return from their trip to the ozone layer just yesterday. It is their season for renewal. The other three just nodded while they watched the dragon circle around overhead. I would love to see a baby dragon, Rory said as he brought his hand down from above his eyes. It's been 172 years since the original hatching. Nobody got to see them either, Rory, Carly said in a taunting tone. Not until they were old enough to fly anyways. Cassie paused, then continued. My grandfather remembers them, about the size of a large eagle. It was a special viewing allowed by Eliosa. This batch could be born in the next three to five years. Maybe we will be allowed to see baby dragons in our lifetime. The three turned to stare at Tyler. Then, as if rehearsed, they all said one word. Cool. The gang continued towards the gardens, all thinking about the same topic, dragon eggs. They saw the pictures of the eggs being removed from the nest stone, the intricate metal design of each egg and not one being the same, like a fingerprint. Mm -hmm. Someone long ago wrote names on the pictures, but nobody knew who, most likely Thor, and who can pronounce old Greek style names anyways. Tyler caught himself thinking again. The four kids, deep in thought, all entered the garden and went straight to work. This meant splitting up. They would meet back at the entrance with the fruit they picked near noon. Enough time to get back for class at 1 p.m. Tyler chooses to walk to the very end of the last row, thinking he could save someone else the journey. He glanced over at the next rows to see his friends all had the same idea. Tyler realized he was nearly at the most extreme distance from the settlement anybody could be and still be in the safety zone. Long ago the dragons created an, a safe area from natural predators by burning the matured trees in a strip and every five years or so the strip is reburnt to keep predators Away from the human settlement. Tyler looked over at the burnt trees to see a lot of green. Had the dragons forgot to do a reburn? Should we be watching over our shoulders? What was out there for wild animals, anyway? Tyler thought while his hands kept busy picking the berries. He was the fastest picker of the gang, and usually he allowed his mind to wander so he didn't make the others look slow. Right now, his mind was wandering. Something in the trees kept him distracted. A good ways into the row and nearly full pail of berries, he couldn't ignore it anymore. Tyler set his pail down and started walking towards the trees. He had a few minutes to spare before starting the next pail. The trees were deceptively thick as he entered. Whatever made the trees mutate? was still in the soil. Limbs twisted in every direction from every tree. Tyler saw minor imperfections in the growth, thin areas in the tangle of the trees that made stumbling through more like a walk. Tyler did not see the burnt trees turn to old growth. He just focused on the path he could see through the trees. Tyler was surprised to see a glow of sunshine ahead of him. He walked out into a meadow beautiful tyler found himself speaking out loud captivated by the flowers and grass growing in the meadow tyler stood in absolute amazement at the brilliant colors of the flowers that covered every square centimeter of the meadow tyler then scanned the tree line in an attempt to measure the vast area of color nearly 30 meters across he guessed Wow guys, you have to experience this. Speaking out loud as if they could hear him and agree with excitement at the pure beauty of his discovery. Then as Tyler completed his path to the west, a sparkle of light caught his eye. Tyler's attention went immediately to the sparkle. Then slightly less brilliant, another shine in the trees closer and towards his right. He looked back at the first brilliant sparkle and noticed it too was in the trees and about the same height as the other one. As his eyes traced the distance from the first to the second and triangulated the distance to the next shiny object, his mind's eye was pulling his head into position to confirm his accuracy in actual position of the third object. Tyler's eyes focused on the object hanging 30 centimeters beside his head and screamed out loud, What in the world are you? His eyes settled on a metallic object in the shape of a skull. Sort of. That's what Tyler saw at first glance, but his mind quickly captured a more detailed view of the the object. His heartbeat slowed and he could analyze the object much more clearly. Tyler laughed for a moment as he saw the fear wash through his body. Ha! <laughs> wait, wash through? That's what I felt, not what I saw. But what did I see? The boy's mind was clouding over with confusion as quickly as the cloud started. Then total clarity resumed. Tyler continued laughing. He realized something at that moment. The beauty he saw in the meadow continued to permeate his mind with a quick whip of his head he looked out into the meadow it was beautiful peaceful and calming he turned his head back to the object the meadow was still beautiful his eyebrows turned down his heart slowed his mind opened up just a little the beauty was in his ears not in his eyes how could he not make the differential before? Sight is completely different from sound, yet... Tyler found himself mumbling out loud, not realizing he was doing anything but thinking. No sound, no sight, no smell. Nothing registering on the inputs. A complete disconnect from the processor. As quick as the mumbling started, it stopped and Tyler felt himself reconnected. At that moment a completely different feeling registered in Tyler's mind, morning dew. The words left his lips as he lifted his left foot to inspect his footwear. Why was that the first thought to enter my mind? This time his inner mind asked the question and he thought for an answer. Now with his left foot lifted off the ground. A feeling in his right foot caused his mind to focus in on the feeling entering from the ground. Tyler's first gut reaction was to jump into the tree to his left. Before he could command his limbs into action, another sensation caused Tyler to delay. Hello. Tyler stood motionless and then slowly turned his head until his body took over to complete the scan of the meadow then the trees, and back to the meadow again. Before he could consider who or what... What? Tyler said to himself. Hello? The voice was clearly in Tyler's head. He made that conclusion instantly. It sounded different. But sound in my head is not sound, it's thought. Tyler completed his thought, and before thinking of any other word, he simply said, Hello. As the little drama played out in Tyler's mind, his eyes started to triangulate the feeling entering his feet. When he stepped back down on both feet to turn his body, he adjusted his left foot deeper into the grass of the meadow. Tyler faced sideways and the signal traveling up through his legs had a slight variation in strength. It was a tingle almost, but not. Maybe a current, Tyler answered himself out loud. No, it is the way we connect while I'm in my slumber. Slumber? Tyler caught himself repeating the last word and giggled with embarrassment. Then spoke too quickly to assess his words. I'll stop repeating last words. Word. Tyler could feel two laughters in his mind. It felt good, better than good. My name is Tyler. I am from the settlement. There was a pause before the voice spoke. We have not picked a name for me as of this morning. Tyler focused his eyes on the center of the meadow, while he thought of his next comment. Can you smell the flowers? And this meadow is full of them. I can now. Thank you. Now? Tyler said abruptly afterwards. I can smell them through your nostrils. I can see them through your eyes. I can feel them through your fingers. Thank you so much. Mother and father do not have the same optical range as you do, and their smell and touch are also very different from yours. Why don't I feel you or see you or smell you in return? Tyler once again realized he was not speaking out loud, but in his head. With another voice in his head as well. Well there is not much to see or smell and you should be able to feel what I feel. With that Tyler felt a hand plowing its way through liquid but not his hand just the sensation of it. Cool. That's all Tyler could come up with. The dragon knew it and now Tyler did too. You're a baby dragon, and your nest is in the middle of this meadow. Yes, but please do not step any further. Tyler looked down towards the foot he had lifted to do just that. Somehow understanding the plea of the voice, Tyler took a huge step back. Now he could see the object in his peripheral vision. Mother might not like you here so close to me. She just left, so we should be all right for a while. Tyler suddenly realized the dimension that was eluding him. Time. He had lost track of it. He looked up towards the sun's position. How many hours had he been here? Fear raced through his thoughts. I should be working. They will have noticed me missing by now. This time he heard himself speak with his outside voice. I'm really sorry you have to leave so quickly. You may come back to visit me again. Tyler was amazed. The voice knew he had to leave as quickly as he himself did. I would very much like to do that. Thank you. And yes, you are welcome for my sensations. Tyler switched back to his inside voice, then switched his attention to to the trees. In an instant he saw the trail he entered through, and with that determination his feet leaped forward, one landing while the other pushed his weight forward. It seemed to take a long time to pass through the trees, and yet he had no concept of the time it took him to pass through the trees when he entered. As he entered the cleared land of the garden, a dark shadow fell over him. Without panic, Tyler looked up, not sure what to expect. There, just across the edge of the sun, was the biggest, darkest storm cloud Tyler had seen yet this season. By his estimation, the rain would be falling before he could r- run to the shelter. Tyler decided to increase his speed, but before he could get a stride in motion, an object caught his eye. His basket, full of berries. Cool. When he rounded the corner at the end of the row, he saw nothing but garden, no wagon for the berries, no pails to fill with berries, no people to pick the berries and fill the pails and load onto the wagon. Just garden and protective trellis framework. The path was as empty as the garden, but through the vegetation, Tyler could see the top of the door was still open. His stride was long but after his focus moved back to the path in front of him, his speed increased. Then as he came into the clearing of the compound, he felt it. First on his neck, then on his back. Large white stones started to slam down on Tyler's head. He kept his focus on the doorway. He could see the top edge of the opening change color. Slowly and steadily, the doorway was becoming a door. Tyler calculated the speed of the door, and then he triangulated the distance and factored in his speed and applied a little more energy to the muscles in his feet. Those muscles had not been applied yet. They gave him a gold ribbon in a race once. With every step, he flexed his toes as his foot neared the end of its power stroke. The stones were getting more frequent. Then one slammed into his nose. It caused his eyes to water. His vision started to blur. The doorway was directly in front of him. Tyler knew he should duck, but the thought came a moment too late. His head caught the edge of the door. His feet continued to power forward. Then they too lost connection to the world. The world darkened, all but a fine bright line, like a picture frame with no picture.